Looking good, sounding good, not necessarily feeling good. Podcast time. My name is Darian. and I am back for another week of horror, nonsense, and bullshit. Thank you very much for joining me. It's a solo show, you animals. It's a solo show. It's just me. I'm sorry. I know. I know. If, if Most of you have already tuned out, and I, uh, uh, I understand. I'm okay with that. I know you tuned in to listen to the hot chick and the, uh, the guy with the weird beard, but instead, you're stuck with little old me. And just me. I couldn't even get Deacon in here to help me out this week. <laughs> because he, uh, I don't know, he just wasn't in. He's watching YouTube, I think, in his bedroom. That's neither here nor there. I'm sorry you're stuck with me, okay? I'm sorry. It was not of my choosing. It's not like I dismissed them or anything. It just, they, uh, Monica is driving to Washington uh, for her husband's um, surgery. And, buddy, I heard was eating M&M's at a bus stop. That's the word on the street. That's the word. I'm not saying it's true, but I'm saying if you were to go to the bus stop, there might be a guy there with a unsightly beard eating M&M's who could very well be Buddy. He's got a backward Steelers hat on. That's our guy, and he is not doing his job this week. That's fine. That's fine. I don't need him. I don't need either one of them. I'll do it all by myself. I'll do it live! not actually doing it live uh thank you guys for joining me just me this week um i got horror news i got listener mail i got some movies to talk about this is technically my nine year anniversary here in the padded room because i started this show well i started this show with a whole other crew on um october 30th 2011 thus the email the padded room 2011 at hotmail.com which I fully intend to change <laughs> at some point. I can't guarantee you which point, when I'm actually going to do it, but I intend to do it. And I feel like that's half the battle. But regardless, it's been, this would be our nine-year anniversary. October 30th, 2011, was when Dr. Dale, Multiple Mics, and I sat down to record the episode one of uh, the Padded Room podcast. And halfway, we, oh God, we got hammered that night. And uh, halfway through recording, I accidentally kicked the USB cable out of the computer, and we had to stop and start all over. We didn't get done till about four in the morning. Stupid, stupid stuff. But uh, th- I don't think anybody uh, that listened to me, to us back then, still listens to us now. But if there is anybody out there who's been with us the whole time, 
Thank you very much. Uh, sorry, the show still sucks. I like to think that we've improved a bit, but I know the truth. <laughs> Regardless, uh, let's get into the regular show here, kids. Enough about me sentimentalizing. I probably should have done something for like an anniversary show, but it wouldn't have mattered because I'm the only one here. So, happy anniversary to me, I guess, motherfuckers. <laughs> not that I'm bitter or anything. I'm not. And to be honest with you, I don't uh, believe in, in anniversaries and milestones because I feel like that implies some kind of an end. All right, I know I'm droning on. Let's finally get down to horror news, shall we? <laughs> horror news kerplunk uh how about this kids images are up for the new children of the corn movie you can find those over at bloody disgusting if anybody gives a shit um i don't i don't care i really don't uh they have gone the way of the amityville horror the children of the corn movies there was even a remake uh what was it five, six years ago on the Sci-Fi Channel, that was pretty fucking close to, to Stephen King's original work, and even it sucked. Um, it wasn't, in- I don't think it was an intentional, but what are you going to do on the Sci-Fi Channel? I feel, I have a relationship uh, similar to a spattered, uh, spattered, a battered spouse, a spattered spouse, <laughs> a spattered spouse uh, with the Children of the Corn movies. I, you know, I've been burned so many times. Why do I want to go back? You know, what is, what is it going to do? What is that franchise going to do for me this time that it didn't attempt to do in the nine previous installments? Absolutely nothing. There's nothing there. It's, it's, uh, they, there was one a couple years ago where they brought the original, uh, Isaac back. He looks exactly the same, by the way, which is pretty creepy. This, let's let's move. Let's not do it. Let's. You know what? Either give me like a hard R remake, like a like a it or a Pet Cemetery level remake, and reboot the whole shit, or let's just get rid of it. I say. No, they're going to keep kicking them out. There's images up if anybody gives a shit. Danielle Harris. We all know the name. Most of us have probably pleasured ourselves to her. Uh, she is uh, making her directorial debut. What do you think of that shit? She's going to be directing an all-female slasher entitled Sequel, Joe Dante to produce. Now, a couple of things. Um, I like Danielle Harris. Very sexy. You can see her naked in Rob Zombie's first Halloween movie. Um, Has a horror pedigree behind her. But the thing is, is that I don't know if she wrote and directed and even still, I don't know what kind of work she's going to do as a director. And uh, Joe Dante's work as of late, eh, not that, uh, not that, all that great there, you know. Uh, he's done great work in the past. Uh, what did, uh, Gremlins, right? Did he do Gremlins? I think he did Gremlins. Uh, the Howling, Burbs, great, great movies. Lately, eh, not, not, not all that, all that hot there. Uh, speaking of not all that hot, how about Ginger Snaps? We all know it. We all love it. Uh, that's another movie. You you can't quite beat off to it, but you can beat off to Catherine Isabel, whom I don't believe has actually been naked in a movie as of yet. Yet. We can still keep our fingers crossed, inmates. Uh, Ginger Snaps being adapted for a television series. Um, 
I don't know, man. I don't know about that shit. We got three Ginger Snaps movies. First one, pretty fucking good. Second one, eh, yeah, decent follow-up. And then the third one went uh, straight off the rails into cuckoo land, and they took us back to, like, Revolutionary War America, where the exact same two sisters are reliving the story from the first movie, just in a different time frame. Um, I don't know what the point of that is. It's a weird, it's, it's, uh, meh. I don't know. I don't know about that. And to be honest with you, I'm not all that hot on the uh, a series. Uh, no word yet on which network, if any, is going to pick this thing up, but I don't really have my hopes up for this one. Uh, you Conjuring fans out there will be excited to hear that the there is already footage out of The Conjuring 3, which is entitled The Devil Made Me Do It. I haven't seen it yet, but there's a mini documentary floating around you know, following the production of the film, and that's where you can find the footage. Um, I'm into it, man. I did a deep dive on the Conjuring universe. As far as the Conjuring universe goes, really, you don't want to stray too far away from the original Conjuring, because you have two Conjuring movies, right? They're both great. Uh, then you have uh, The Nun, eh. and then you have the Annabelle franchise, which is three movies deep. Annabelle, Annabelle Creation, and Annabelle Comes Home. Uh, the, the first two Conjuring's about as good as it's going to get for those ones. Annabelle Creation, about as good as it's going to get for that franchise. Annabelle Comes Home, not bad. Annabelle, the first one, bleh. I'm surprised they made a sequel out of any of that. But uh, that's where we're at with that. I'm psyched. I'm psyched for it. I'm psyched for a Conjuring movie. Because as long as you stick with the uh, the Warrens and their storyline, that's where all the spooky shit happens. You know what I'm saying? You go you go to the Romanian convent, that's where things start getting a little silly. And there's some cosplay involved and some weird nun BDSM happening, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Uh, lastly, John Carpenter's Lost Themes 3, which is another one of his musical albums, uh, is set to release in February. Now, here's the thing. Guys, I love me some John Carpenter. Um, I love me some syntho John Carpenter themes. But really, I, I own one. I own the first one, the, the first Lost Themes album. I got it. I downloaded it. Uh, it's great. But you can really only listen to it once because if you get past that, then it, all the songs start to sound exactly the same, which is great if you're really, really into syntho stuff. Because that's all it is, the whole thing. It's nothing but synth. Which, I'm, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but you really got to be into it, man. And you really got to be ready for two hours plus of nothing. And these fucking songs, let me tell you, they go on 15, 20 minutes a piece, dude. I mean, they're, I think, I could be wrong, but I think they were meant to be uh, scores for his films. And then they just, he's like, eh, I'll try something else. But now we got like 15, 20 minutes worth of it just goes on and on and on. So there's that, man. It's it's I can I can do it every now and then, but uh, it's not something I'm going to have playing for my car speakers. That's all I got on the horror news, you maniacs. How about some listener mail? What do you say to that? Wonder how many dick pics I got this week. What would, would somebody please send me some boobies? Uh, send me a picture of uh, your watch with the boobies in the background, because I. I haven't received any of those. I think Buddy might have, to be honest with you.
Listener mail. Boom shakalaka. Hey, let's start things off in uh, Washington, D.C. with our old friend Crack House Matt making his return to the Padded Room podcast. Subject line, I'm not dead yet. Well, uh, that's speculation there, Matt. Hey, 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 Padded Room, remember me? I've been living an absolutely crazy existence trying to run and revamp a restaurant during the middle of a pandemic. Needless to say, my time for listening to podcasts has been cut drastically short. I did finally catch up, though, on the show and must say, what in the actual fuck was the whole kaiju pterodome bullshit this season? (laughs) The fucking shark from Jaws versus Big Man Japan? You should be embarrassed of yourselves. I'll just chalk it up to more fucked up shit that took place in 2020. Once this year is over, let us never speak of this pterodome season again. (laughs) Well, we're experimenting, Matt. You know, you gotta step out of your comfort zone every now and then. Can you believe you have been doing this show for nearly a decade? Next year will be the big 1-0 for the padded room. There ought to be some type of retrospective show done, maybe a little best of or talk about the favorite movies you guys have covered over the years. I did manage to catch The Cleansing Hour this week, and I gotta say, I really enjoyed this flick a lot. Kept me entertained from start to finish. I thought the girl that played the demon did a great job and even did, even kind of dug the ending. I think next up for me will be the Mortuary Collection. I've heard nothing but good things about the new anthology and can't wait to check it out. Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of burnt on anthologies right now, Matt. That's just me, though. I, I took one in this week. I'll get to that and what are you looking at. But it was not good on any account. And, uh, uh, yeah, so um, I don't know. Maybe I'd need to cleanse the palate or something. I've been spending every weekend since late September going to haunted houses. I figure 2020 sucks. A big fat one, and once flu season hits, we'll all probably shut down again. So I decided that I should get as much Halloween in as I possibly can. Even though the mask mandates have been a bitch to work around, and most places have cut back on the amount of actors they have working, I'm still proud to go and support these guys as they are doing the best they can in a shitty situation. And I really don't want them to go out of business. Lastly, I was thinking about Rob Zombie. I mean, who isn't? Everyone kind of shits on his Halloween remakes. There were definitely good and bad aspects to each of them, but I realized that he took over the wrong genre. Why did nobody think to attach Rob Zombie to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series? I honestly can't think of a better director for these movies. He loves the 70s, he loves white trash, he loves filth and grotesque, and he likes ultraviolence. To me, everything about Texas Chainsaw screams Rob Zombie to me. What say you? Anyways, I'll do my best to check in more often. Keep up the great work. Crack House Matt out. I would agree on the uh, the Chainsaw Massacre situation there, uh, Matt, um, and the Rob Zombie, him being a better fit for that one. Um I don't know, man. You would think that uh, you would think that that would that would be a good way to go. Last I heard, Fidi Alvarez was attached to do something in the Chainsaw Massacre universe, which would be pretty cool. Um, I would, to be honest with you, though, Matt, I was not at all mad at the Texas Chainsaw remake. Not as happy with that prequel to the Texas Chainsaw remake, um, but I, you know, it's it is what it is, I suppose. Um, yeah, I mean, Rob Zombie, I don't know, man. I mean, 
do we really need like a disco version of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Because I feel like if you're going Rob Zombie, then you're going to get a lot of like, it's, you know, there's a lot of music, which is fine, which would fit more into Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 territory. Um, the violence would be there. Obvious, I mean, that goes without saying. Uh, the dirty and the gritty and the, but do we need like Leatherface with a neck tattoo, you know? Do we need like uh, Drayton Sawyer uh, chain smoking and dry humping Sherry Moon Zombie? I don't know, man. I, I with e- really with either one of those franchises, you, what, whatever you're going to do is going to be bad. It's going to piss off the horror dorks out there because you dare touch their sacred franchises, franchisees, whatever. I don't know. All right, thanks for writing in, Matt. It's good to hear from you, amigo, and uh, good luck on the. Um, uh, fucking uh, restaurant business. Uh, let's get down to Southern California. Here comes Tony. Subject line: If Darian was a midget, <laughs> I feel like Tony spends a lot of time thinking about me, and I am flattered, Tony. I really am. I goddamn it, I love you. Uh, greetings, padded room. If Darian was a midget, he wouldn't be the one with a huge penis. He would be the one we put on a catapult and sacrifice to the monsters. You know what? I'm okay with that. I'll put a helmet on and you load me into that thing and I might just get lucky and you miss the goddamn monster. (laughs) Hello, everyone. I hope everything is at least okay with you people. Seems that it is the best we can hope for these days. Night of the Living Dead 1990 is how remakes should be done. It was almost... has almost everything I would consider necessary to make a good remake. There is a considerable gap between the original and the remake. It stays mostly true to the plot of the original while adding only small spins to the story. It pays homage to the original with subtle nods at it, like the blood squirting on the gardening trowel, or includes parts that the original director wanted to include but couldn't due to whatever reason, like the zombie lynching scene. This version might be one of the best remakes in horror. It is on par with The Hills Have Eyes, The Crazies, and The Dawn of the Dead remake. So, a question now. Was Hooper trying to take the TV into the basement? I don't think he was. I think he was showing that all the characters were scarred scarred, and made poor decisions at, t- at the time, with the exception of Barbara. But Hooper is also a dickbag, so maybe he was. I could have swore his name was Cooper there, Tony. Get your uh, get your get your character straight, will you? On top of Night of the Living Dead, I also watched the Hulu original Bad Hair. Maybe it's because I'm not a young black woman. Maybe it's because Hulu doesn't make very good movies. But Bad Hair is not good. It's about a possessed hair weave. <laughs> Just don't. You know, I was thinking about it, Tony. I was. I saw the thumbnail and I was like, Bad Hair. Um, that could go a lot of different routes. It's got my curiosity. And then I read the little synopsis and I said, this sounds like more, uh, kill whitey. So I'm going to pass on the bad hair. And from the sounds of it, I did not, uh, did not, uh, was not, that was, I made the right decision there. Also watched vampires versus the Bronx. It was fine. It made me laugh in parts. Basically kids versus vampires. I figured that. Also watched Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. I really like this one too. Even though I figured it out before, I appreciated the twist. Well, that's it for now. I hope everyone liked October. Until next time, Tony. P.S. If Darian was a baby, I would sacrifice him to the monster too. I'll have you know, I was a very cute baby, Tony. I, I'm going to challenge you on that and say that you would not 
in fact, sacrificed me because I was too fucking cute. I had curly hair and rosy cheeks. And what else do you want from a baby? Um, I'm going to get into your observations about the um, uh, Night of the Living Dead remake here in a second when we get into the the, uh, feature here. Good question about the TV, though, Tom. And it's funny you bring it's funny you bring that up because I would have said I'm gonna you know I'm gonna go ahead and answer the question right now, but I'll address it again in the future. I would have said that Cooper was not trying to take uh, the uh, TV down to the basement, and my basis for that is once Ben has him pinned down, he's like, "You can't get any reception in the basement, dickhead," and he's right. And because he said that, that would indicate to me that he knew that prior to that. However. There is a counterpoint to that, and the fact is this. Cooper had already come down one flight of stairs. He brought the TV from upstairs to downstairs, which would be the ground level of the farmhouse. When the struggle ensues, he actually drops the TV and it rolls down a second flight of stairs, which would indicate that the TV was actually rolling down the stairs to the basement. So, while he may not have been... Uh, directly in the path of the... He was in the vicinity of the basement stairs to a point where Ben could give him a girly shove and he would then lose the TV down the basement stairs. So really, it's open for conjecture. And I I think the best part of that scene, though, is the uh, sibling, uh, you know, toddler-sibling-esque struggle between Ben and Cooper where they kind of do like a grab each other on the shoulders and kind of <laughs> tussle around until Ben pins him down on the couch and like a, you let go of me, no, let go of me first, you let go of me, let go of me first, <laughs> kind of a move. That's probably one of the wackiest uh, action sequences of the whole movie. Uh, anyway, uh, let's get back to listener mail here. Here comes, from right here in Reno, Nevada, the cowboy. Subject line, LeVar Burton and the Reading Rainbows. Oh, Jesus, he went back. He went back again. Evening, Padded Room. Hope everyone is doing well. Best wishes for Monica's mom. Hope she's doing better. Uh, Quick update on Monica's mom. I believe she has lost sight in her left eye and may have to operate on the right eye also, which is just going to make matters worse. She had a stroke, man. It's nasty. Well, I was hoping for a better groan at the mention of Blood on the Highway, but thanks for mentioning Dead 7. I may have to flip a coin between the two movies now. <laughs> or pick Lamageddon for December. I still have plenty of time to dig some amazing movie choices. You do, uh, cowboy, and December is all yours. So get to us uh, when you're ready with that. Came across a bit of horror news via Bloody Disgusting. Joe Hill wants to write and direct a remake of Stephen King's Maximum Overdrive. As this has always been one of my favorite movies, I hope he gets a chance and doesn't disappoint. Mentions in the article gear the remake idea... What? Mentions in the article gear the remake idea based more around technological virus instead of the comet, which would fit the current times. It's also one of my December movie picks. Well, okay then. We'll put you down for Maximum Overdrive. Um, thing about Max... <laughs> thing about Maximum Overdrive. It's a good show. You, you probably remember it fondly. I, it's not, though. <laughs> it's the thing. It is not, really. It's, it's a show that you can't help but laugh at as you watch, because goddamn, man, it is silly. 
You got uh, 16 wheelers sneaking up on people, undetected, real stealth-like. And then the engine fires up and they go, <gasps> and then they get run over. Uh, you, you have Emilio Estevez getting into a shoulder-thumping match with said 16 wheelers, which is <laughs> truly a sight to behold. All right, anyway. Uh, also on Bloody Disgusting, news that Texas Chainsaw Massacre official website had poster promise The Face of Madness returns in 2021. Another favorite franchise of mine and definitely a movie I'll be looking forward to. I would agree. I did kick on Shudder and caught a few movies and added more than a few to my watch list. Really enjoyed The Cleansing Hour, especially the aspect of the fake priest getting called out and fucked with. That's something I always enjoy watching. Also caught Eli Ross Haunt. The Mortuary Col- and The Mortuary Collection, both I thought rather enjoyable, though the scares were very predictable to me, but still fun movies. And I attempted to watch Monsterland, gave it two episodes, and really couldn't get into it at all. Personally, I think it sucks ass. No clue on Educate, and I'm sure I'll be cussing when I hear what it was and what I should have known. Ha <laughs> ha. I do have to give some props to Darian with listening back to hearing you actually work LeVar Burton into the Teratome. <laughs> and look forward to the next season in hearing your match write-up. So thank you very much, Cowboy. That's always good to hear. Finally, totally agree that Buddy's smut segment would be phenomenally disturbing. <laughs> with Darian adding character voiceovers, much like a horrific wreck, we'd have to take it all in. <laughs> and we're, we're all sick enough to enjoy it. I can't wait to hear this happen. Hope everyone has a fantastic week and a safe Hollow's Eve. Catch you on the flip side, cowboy. Thanks for writing in, cowboy. Uh, I I don't man I don't I don't think I can do a smut segment with buddy. With buddy. <laughs> I can't even listen to it and then face him the next day. It's just too creepy. It creeps it creeps me. I'm sorry. I love Buddy. Obviously, great guy. Uh, Ah, listening to him describe that with the, the, trying to do the sexy voice, I can't. I can't do it, man. It's too. I can't be in the room with him. Is what it is. You know what I mean? Like maybe if we recorded and I did my segment and then he came in and did his smutty thing and I don't know. I it's freaking me out. I don't even want to think about it anymore. <laughs> we got some voicemails here to get into. You fucking maniacs. God. Now I'm all weirded out because you want me and Buddy to do a smut segment together, and that's kind of weird. And uh, I feel like we may end up making out in the middle of it. And I'm not all that comfortable with that either, be honest with you. All right, here we go. Voicemail time. Let's start things off uh, down in funky, disgusting, sweaty, sultry Alabama with the... Nosferatu of people that call into the podcast. Here comes Alan. Padded room. What's up? What's up, Alan? uh, Head on a pike of people that call into your podcast. Hope everybody's doing good. I hope y'all have a great Halloween uh, feast. I actually saw it at theaters. They did a uh, real limited, like, one night engagement. Oh, very cool. Like, at midnight. Um, I really enjoy that trilogy. Cool. That Tom Savini and I Living Dead remake, I really like it. Me too. I like the fact that they take Barbara from this like annoying catatonic character and change her mm-hmm. up. Uh, like I said, I like that they changed it anyway. That's all I got. Oh, I don't know who Mr. Darian is. That's okay. all I got. You know, have a good one. Bye. I'm pretty sure I stumped everybody on this one because I picked a pretty obscure movie. But I'll get into it uh, when we get to that segment. Hey, thanks for calling in, Alan. Good to hear from you, man. We missed you. Um, yeah, dude. Uh, 
I like I like the feast, and I like uh, I I caught the second one. I'll get into that. And what are you looking at? But it's a good time horror movie. You know, it's not too scary. It's more ridiculous. The characters are bananas. So yeah, it's a, it's a good time. I say. Uh, let's get down back down to Southern California. Here comes Monica's pod boyfriend, Mr. Tom Hardy. Hey yo, hey yo, padded room. How's my favorite degenerate this week? I am well. Hope everyone is doing well, Miss Monica. Hope everything is all right. We're uh, hoping for the best. You know, stay strong, girl. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, good luck to you. But, mm-hmm. uh, all right, transition over to talking about horror flips. I don't yes, know please. How we do but. We'll just do that. Hey, um, real quick, uh, last week, Miss Monica, were you uh, Heather's from the week before? I, I I want credit for this one because I'm pretty sure I got I'm it. I'm going to hold her to that. You know what? I'll text her in a minute. Anyway, um, also, uh, you know, on the what are you uh, looking at department. Yeah, what do you got? Um, I actually got a chance to catch uh, the Babysitter 2 Killer B, I think it is, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, Killer I Queen. I think I uh, heard you guys. Uh, just kind of mention it on the what are you looking at department that uh-huh. uh, you didn't like it. I wasn't. Mad I don't at know, it. man. I like this flick. I thought it was pretty damn good. Yeah, uh, you know, it had some cheesy moments. There's yeah, of uh, course the moment. I don't want to say too much because it is like you know fairly new, and I don't want to ruin it or whatever. But sure. kind of the uh, big reveal surprise moment at the end. I thought it was uh, it was kind of forced, you know. And yeah. but you know what? Hey. It was, I, all in all, I'd say it's a good flick. It's fun. A lot more comedy than horror. But not as good still as the fun, first one, you know? is what I say. But not bad, uh, Something though. else. Uh, you were talking about potential uh, changes for the Terror Dome. I had another thought for you. Okay. Um, but I think this one's a bit flawed, but let me tell you about it. It's okay. uh, like a Survivor Terror Dome. So it's like the, the Final Girl uh, Terror Dome, you know? I like it. So you got, like, Ellen Ripley from Aliens versus... Uh, Right. Uh, Sarah Connor, you know, from The sure. Terminator. Sydney Prescott. Or um, you got... Uh, Nancy Thompson. You know, uh, Kirsty from Hellraiser. Kirstie. You know, kind of a, the master puzzle solver. Lori Strode. You know, Nancy Thompson from Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, the trap maker. Exactly. I don't know. Here's here's a couple of flaws, though, I, I kind of found it. And I think, first off, I think you're going to have a problem in that everybody is going to want Ash. Everybody, oh, that's, that's who I want for my... my well... And I, I kind of agree with that. Yeah... The other thing, um, I the problem you. I think you're going to have with this, I think you're going to have to do it kind of as like a, a one-off, you know? Okay. Like I said. Um, I'm into you it. You know, Sidney Prescott, um, you know, versus, I don't know, like Jenny from Friday the 13th, too. You know, yeah. something like that. Because I think you're going to get in a, a situation here where you're going to have like Ellen Ripley, right. her pulse rifle slash She's, grenade yeah. launcher, flamethrower gig. Right. Versus like Lori Strode and her uh, her knitting needle, <laughs> and I mean obviously that's just you know not going to go coat hanger. That's, that's not good for nothing, so, right? Uh, Bear- yeah, I'd say stay. You know, I mean it would have to be like I said, just like a, a bare knuckle brawl kind of a deal. Okay, GP, GP, that's fine, no big deal. It happens, Tom Hardy. It, it does happen. G motherfucking P. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. Actually, I'm pissed about it because I was like, you know what? I'm going to get through this shit. No, you're I'm not. not going to fucking get GP and have to call back. It happens. Ah, it's my fault. Anyway, don't blame um, yourself. Oh, shit. I don't remember what I was uh, talking about. I'm so frustrated myself for getting caught off. Yeah, but I just I think we were talking about the Terror Dome. Yes, and, sir. Uh, the Survivor Terror Dome and I, the limitations of that. I don't okay. think you could do like a... A full-on tournament of it. Just my opinion. 
Uh, anyway, man, I can't believe it's a week until Halloween. You got it's it. not even fucking feel like a Halloween. I, I don't know. know what you guys... Well, you guys got Happy Nevada Day coming up, right? We do, yeah, Nevada but, Day. Uh, I don't know, man. Doesn't, Doesn't mean feel anything, like Halloween. Really. Can't believe we're less than a week. Hope everyone has a great Happy Halloween, and uh, love you like family. Bye now. Love you too, Tom Hardy. Hope you have a Happy Halloween too, sir. Uh, I mean, we're doing what we can. All the haunted houses are closed here in Reno, um, at least that I know of, unless somebody's illegally operating one out of their garage, which is a very real possibility. But if there is, I would like to know about it, and I would like to go to it anyway. Uh, regardless, we're doing, you know what, dude? We're going trick-or-treating anyway. And uh, a lot of the houses in my neighborhood are decorated. Mine is. And we're going to just fucking do it up. We're doing it up anyway. I got a Halloween party to go to Friday night. And I got some other shit going on. Uh, going to have uh, Grandma up to the house. We're going to carve some pumpkins. We're doing it anyway, dude. Uh, they cannot. They can't ban a holiday. They cannot keep you from celebrating a holiday. They can suggest that you don't, and they can, uh, you know, impose restrictions. But you celebrate it regardless, my friend. And you know, you find a new. If you have to, you find a new. You have a fucking movie marathon at your house. You you only decorate the inside of your house. You eat yourself into a vomitous state of candy. At your house, if you have to. Find a way, man. It's Halloween. They cannot take that away from us. They can't. And if they try to, then fuck them. We'll do it anyway. My house is decorated. I'll pass out candy when I'm done taking my kids uh, trick-or-treating. And uh, that's how it is. That's all we got on the listener mail, dudes. Thank you guys very much, uh, Tom Hardy, Cowboy, Alan, Tony. I'm not a midget, by the way. Uh, and Crack House Matt. Good to hear from you, sir. It's been a while. Uh, I've got a movie to get into, and I'm very excited to do it. Are you guys ready for this? They came to pay their respects. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Why do you have to be so cruel? What? Show some respect. Now, they're running for their lives. A biologist in Stockton, California, have released reports focusing on the phenomenon, specifically on that trance-like state. Every shelter is becoming a trap. Are you sure we're going to be all right? Cooper, you got to help me out! And every road out... Don't stop no matter what happens. ...is just another dead end. They're coming right for us! Romero's Night of the Living Dead. That's right, Flapjacks. It's Night of the Living Dead from 1990, the big remake. This one came in at 6.9 stars on IMDb. It's got a hard R rating, directed by Tom Savini, written by John Russo, starring Tony Todd, Patricia Tallman, Bill Mosley, and Tom Towles. This is a bad motherfucker, man. This is... um. I think Tony is right. I think that this isn't... I would put this in the, my top five of horror remakes. Um, not number one, though. It's it's a very close, probably third place. Maybe a, a tie for third. But it's definitely in there. It's a good show. Uh, and it, it, it pays homage to the original. And it is in the same vein as the original. Same characters. That's something that gets that gets fucked with a lot when it comes to remakes. The characters get all jacked off. 
Same setting, same general plot, just did a little tweaking of the storyline, little update of the special effects, much needed update, by the way. I w- you know what, I would even hesitate to call this a remake, I would call it more of an update, to be honest with you. It's a big stretch from 1968 to 1990, what is that, 32 years, 22 years, something like that? A lot of, a lot of shit has changed in uh, movie making. Even more shit has changed from then to now. I don't know that I want a modern day Night of the Living Dead remake. I feel like Ben would be a female, (laughs) which would be very strange. And there'd be, uh, I don't know, it it would just be too, I don't know, I can't, I I don't even want to. But anyway, let's get into this one, shall we? You've seen the original, I know you have, don't act like you haven't. You've probably seen this one too. Um... By and large, the same film. Just a few subtle differences that I'm going to walk you through. So we start off the same way. We have Johnny and Barbara on their way to pay their respects to uh, their dead mother. They're probably in their mid-30s, Johnny and Barbara. Brother and sister uh, don't particularly like each other very much, which begs the question, why are they going to uh, the cemetery together? Not only that, but they have to make a whole road trip out of it. I believe Johnny at one point makes the reference that it's three hours away from wherever they live. Okay, um, if I'm going to spend three hours in a car with somebody, it's not going to be a sister that I hate. But at the same time, I guess you have to do it. So there's no point in burning off two tanks of gas, right? Uh, As soon as they get to the cemetery, we launch into that iconic, We're coming to get you, Barbara. This time, uh, Bill Mosley, playing the role of Johnny, he puts a horny spin on it. (laughs) They've been dead a long time. They're very horny, Barbara. (laughs) That was a nice touch, I thought. You you, you wouldn't have seen that in the original, obviously. I will say this. uh, Bill Mosley is Johnny, spot on. Looks exactly like uh, the original Johnny, pretty much. Got the big stupid glasses, the blonde hair, comb over the driving gloves, even. I'll never understand the point of driving gloves. Why can't you just touch the fucking steering wheel? Are you afraid of your own germs? I don't know what the point of that is. Uh, he's he's ready to go. He gets out, starts giving her a hard time. Uh, Barbara, played by Patricia Tallman. Now, before you go any further, and I know you're wanting to bag on Patricia Tallman, bear this in mind. Patricia Tallman is not actually a conventional actress. She is a stunt woman. She primarily does stunts in movies. This was like one of her first actual acting roles that required her to, you know, memorize lines and things like that. So that being said, I think she did a pretty fucking good job. Uh, She's now Barbara, but she's a short-haired Barbara. And she's got glasses and a very sensible skirt on. The Judith O'Day Barbara that we know and love... Uh, was very prim and proper and prissy and, oh, Johnny, stop it. You're acting like a fool. This one's like, Johnny, shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, and then we get the, the opening scene in the graveyard, which we know how this goes. You know, there, he's giving her a hard time. Uh, we see the zombie approach from the, the, the background, and she's like, oh, God, he's going to hear you. She doesn't know he's a zombie. And then eventually the zombie, uh, like, clamors onto her, uh, but in this case, they kind of tweaked it a little bit. It isn't actually a zombie that grabs her. It's an old guy, just a regular old living old guy. But this dude is fucked up. Uh, he's got a head wound and blood coming out of it, and he is 
shaken to say the least. By I mean shaken in the most literal sense of the word. He's like uh, vibrating almost with tension. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm very sorry. And he's got, his eyes are the size of dinner plates. Excuse me. And they're like, holy shit, man, you okay? You you doing all right? And he just kind of walks off. And then the real zombie shows up and grabs uh, Barbara. And then the tussle comes. Uh, Johnny is still a pussy. He was a pussy in the first, in the the original, and he's still one. Uh, Gets his ass kicked, gets his head slammed into a tombstone. Presumably kills him, or at the very least knocks him unconscious, which he'll get killed in in a moment anyway. Um, Okay, I would like to do the new movie alone. Okay, Uh, from there, you know, we get the chase sequence between Barbara and the zombie, which leads to Barbara jumping back in the car for safety. Uh, Now we have another zombie rolling up. And this one appears to be okay for a second until we cut to the wraparound scene where we see that his suit that he's wearing is split up the back and we get to see some zombie ass crack here now this guy apparently was literally on the point of being put on the ground but he's up and once the um uh suit comes off then we see the great big uh autopsy scar and he's like here's a fun fact for you when he like snarls at barbara you can see the actual uh mortuary dental appliance that's put in the place of the jaw or of the uh teeth so that's a little, you know, if you're, you got to be looking for that though, or otherwise you're going to miss it. Uh, so now she's got two zombies attacking the car. She pulls the e-brake, car goes rolling down a hill and smashes into a tree. That puts a little bit of distance between her and the zombies, which allows her to get out and run. Good move. Runs out into the woods. Uh, even better move. Gets away from those two zombies. Okay, we're we're in pretty good shape here. Runs through the woods, 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 woods. Uh, Pennsylvania, somewhere, Pittsburgh area, rural you know, Pennsylvania, somewhere in the northern Pittsburgh region, comes out of the woods to find a remote farmhouse. We know how this goes. She goes up in there, gets in the farm. Hello, hey, somebody knocking on the door. They're going to let me in there. Come on, this guy's chasing me. I don't know. There's something wrong wrong with them. Uh, gets in there. Place is deserted at first. Starts looking around. Where is everybody? Anybody home? Man, some weird shit going on. Uh, she looks... While she's looking around, she catches a drip drop of blood on her face from the upstairs, like, banister area. So she's like, oh, shit. Looks up there, and a hand comes creeping through the banister and then plops down on her face and knocks her right on her ass. (laughs) Which was kind of common. It's like a knockout punch from the top floor (laughs) in a weird way. But it's a severed hand. And I don't want to... I do not mean to pick this movie apart. I love this movie. But... It doesn't really, unless the hand, that part isn't explained either, because we'll find out where the hand came from in a minute. Unless we're going to say that the hand was operating independently of its owner, I don't know how the hand got pushed through the banister, but it did, and it fell and it punched uh, Barbara in the face and it knocked her on her ass, which was kind of funny. She's like, ugh! While she's laying on the ground underneath the banister, she hears footsteps from upstairs, Kerplunk, kerplunk, kerplunk. And then she looks up and she sees a big fat bald zombie upstairs. And he's like, and then he does like a body slam over the banister and lands on his face. She rolls out of the way just before he lands on her. And she's like, oh, God. 
uh, that guy starts getting up and she's like, fuck this man, I'm out of here. So she hauls ass through the kitchen where another zombie is making his way into the kitchen from outside. So she's like, ah, shit. So she goes back into the living room, runs outside where there's two more zombies walking up the uh, front yard towards the house. And she's like, oh, well, now I'm done. But just behind them, she sees a truck tearing down a dirt road towards the house. She's like, oh, fuck, fuck and fuck. Uh, luckily, the truck is driven by Tony Todd, who's going to take the role of Ben. Uh, I don't think there's a greater honor for an actor than, especially an African-American one, to take the role that Dwayne Jones played in the original of Ben from Night of the Living Dead. But he did it. Here he comes. Jumps out. He's like, hey, is there any shotguns in there? And she's like, she's, we're still kind of in Judith O'Day land with her because she's like, oh, I, don't, I don't even know. And he's like, what's going on? So uh, he gets her, and they kind of run back into the house. <clears throat> and at this part, I thought was kind of weird, because I feel like this part of the movie um, could not be made. It would not be made today, and this is why if we remade the movie uh, today, Ben would probably have to be a female, because at this point in the film, uh, Tony Todd is like grabbing Patricia Tallman and forcing her back into the house. Now, if that doesn't look like sexual misconduct, I don't know what is. And she's visibly resisting him. But he's like, you got to get in the house, you crazy. And she's like, no, she's catatonic pretty much. Uh, Regardless, he gets her in the house. uh, And then, like, that's when the kitchen zombie is rolling in. Ben uh, stabs him in the head with a uh, um, crowbar. Uh, Big fat zombie is back on his feet. Uh, Barbara beats him down with a fire poker and then eventually sticks it in his head. So those two zombies are done. Then they start looking around the house. Barbara's still in Judith O'Day land here. She's like catatonic. Uh, Ben's running around the house trying to find like a gun or, you know, keys to a car or something. He's talking to uh, Barbara. Hey, do you have a car? Where's your car? She's just kind of, I don't know. Johnny had the keys. Um, eventually he's like, okay, there's only three or four of them out there. I can take care of those ones by myself. So he runs out there, uh, beats down all the zombies, the ones that he hasn't already run over with his truck and, uh, stabs them all in the head with his crowbar. So we got a little breathing room here. So they go back inside and they're like, okay, uh, what's going on? Does anybody know? No. Uh, Barbara's like, uh, oh, we were, uh, at the cemetery. Uh, my brother, Johnny, he's got the keys and the... He's, he's dead, he's at the cemetery, it's up the hill, and there's so many dead guys. And, uh, and then Ben tells the story that we all know and love about how uh, he was at a diner and rednecks were rounding up zombies and putting them in the back of trucks. And uh, one of them opened the back, to, back of the truck to shove another one in, and they all came spilling out. And then some guy with an M16 jumped out and started spraying the place. <laughs> oh, it's chaos, man. It's It's beautiful. So... Needless to say, uh, the, the, the horror, and this is one of the great things about the original, man, is that the original was a movie that, well, one of the first movies to bring the horror to a global level. You know, normally when, when a horror movie was made, there was like a cautionary tale to be told. Hey, don't go in the woods after dark, you fucking crazy asshole. Don't do drugs. They're going to make you do dumb shit. Um... Uh, don't, uh, you know, don't fuck your, your neighbor's wife because that's never going to work out good for you. There's a cautionary tale. This one said, uh, it doesn't really matter what you're doing because we're going to bring it right to your fucking doorstep regardless. So that's how it went down. And that is terrifying in a way. 
so that's all well and good. Eventually, like Barbara starts to like regain herself. She tells Ben what's going on. Uh, he tells her what he knows, which is not much more than what she knows. And then they're like, okay, well, it's getting dark out. We can't, we don't want to be running around out there with those things. They just might jump out of the fucking bushes or some shit. Let's hang here at the farmhouse, board the place up for now. Uh, and we'll, you know, maybe when, once day breaks, then we can, uh, uh, I don't know, go explore the region or see if so we can get some help or some shit. Excellent idea. So that's what they start doing. They start boarding the place up. They move the two dead zombies out into the front because, you know, they're stinky and stuff. They go upstairs to find out what the hell's going on. Now, here's the problem I have with the severed hand. Upstairs, we're going to see another dead guy who has apparently taken his own life via shotgun to the mouth. And uh, he's also missing a hand. So that begs the question. And again, I don't mean to tear this movie apart. How did the hand make it through a very narrow banister to fall and punch uh, Barbara in the face? I don't know. I don't. I don't understand. But I mean, it's there was no gunshot heard when she entered the house. If she had, she would have reacted to it, right? Uh, so it's not like he was alive, put his hand through the banister, and then killed himself. Uh, the uh, big fat zombie was in a different room. You see him come out of that room. Um, before she enters the house so i mean it poses an interesting question because there may be some lore that we're not exploring here in this realm of romero remake zombies can limbs act independently uh zombie limbs like they did in return of the living dead because they did in that move in those movies you know you saw the arm off the arm will still keep coming at you if I mean, there's no other recorded instance of this happening in this movie or any of the other Romero zombie movies that I know of. So I think it's just a slight faux pas. Uh, Could have been fixed with, uh, I don't know. I don't know how that could have been fixed, actually. But uh, it's kind of weird now that I think about it. I don't want to dwell on it. Um, As they're boarding the place up and looking for guns and stuff, the basement door creaks open. And Barbara just happens to be standing in the room, the living room, where the basement door opens up. And she's like, oh, shit, here comes some fucking bullshit. And then out comes Tom Towles. And he looks like he was on his way to a wedding. Or he's doing a Robert Davey impersonation or something. Or possibly a late night Frank Sinatra thing. He's got his tuxedo tie undone and his cummerbund is still on. He looks ravishing. Absolutely. Um. And he is going to be taking the role of Harry Cooper. Now, let's talk about the character of Harry Cooper for a moment. Uh, Piece of shit. Goes without saying. Um, I feel like somewhat slightly redeemable in this version as opposed to the original. The original, he's just a piece of shit. This one, you know, uh, still, now that I think about it, he's still a piece of shit. But I feel like there may have been some qualities to him like he's a little bit deeper of a character this time around um he comes out uh he's followed by uh johnny is it johnny or tommy i think it's tommy actually now that i think about it uh who is like the rube kid from down the street uh and they're like oh hey take it easy take it easy what's going on and then here comes ben with the shotgun he's like what the fuck uh, and then we get the standoff in the living room. What's going on? They have like uh, a twenty-two rifle and a baseball bat 
What's going on? I don't know. You tell me. Yeah. Hey, you heard us up here. Yeah, we heard you. Uh, you could have been, could have been those things. We were up here talking, you asshole. And then we get a lot of tension between, uh, Harry Cooper and, uh, Ben because Ben's a decent human being and Harry Cooper's a piece of shit. And Ben actually has some pretty good ideas about how to get them out of this fucking fix. But Harry Cooper's a prick and I don't think he likes, uh, really being told what to do at all by anybody uh, so I think he's, you know, he's got some ideas, he's got some ideas, but they're not very good ideas, <laughs> to be honest. So the big conflict here is, Ben says, we stay, we stay up here. Oh, we also, uh, by the way, find out that, uh, Tom's girlfriend, Judy Rose, is down in the basement, along with Cooper's, uh, wife and daughter are also down in the basement. Um, the daughter has actually been bit by a zombie, which we know what that means, right? Uh, but she's not quite in zombie town yet. She's nearing the overpass, though, to get into zombie town. So uh, the the impasse that we reach here is uh, Cooper wants everybody to go down into the basement, board up the door. That's the safest place in the house. Theoretically, yes. But Ben brings up the counterpoint that if they do get through the door, they'll be boxed in down there and won't be able to get out because there's only one entrance and or exit to the basement. So that also makes sense. In this case, at this point in time, I'm probably on Ben's side because I don't want to get boxed down there either. So uh, Cooper's like, you get your ass down there right now. And Ben's like, go fuck yourself. You can be boss down there. I'm boss up here. So then... uh, Cooper's like, Tommy, get down in the basement. And he's like, uh, uh, and then he goes down to the basement. But then he comes right back up with Judy Rose, and he's like, hey, this is Ben, and that's Barbara. We're going to help them board up the place. Okay, great. Now, at this point, there's only like two or three zombies outside the house. So they're in pretty good shape. And if they would just stop fucking yelling at each other, they'd be even better shape. Better yet, turn off the fucking lights. Don't let the zombies know you're there. All the yelling and the banging and the lights is drawing a fucking crowd and it's going to create bigger problems for you down the road. You can go tactical against dumb shit Romero zombies. They don't know the difference. And we'll explore that a little bit as the movie goes on, but you you could have taken some better preventative measures here, my friends. Regardless, a big shouting match, a lot of yelling and pushing. Um, Eventually... uh, Judy Rose comes up. Tom, Tommy and Judy Rose agree to help Ben and Barbara board up the place, which is what they do. Uh, they, you know, all the furniture gets smashed, everything, all the doors and windows. Uh, they go upstairs, they find a TV. And they're like, hey, turn that TV on. Let's see if there's any news about what the hell's going on out here. Uh, they turn it on. All they get is an emergency broadcast message. And they're like, well, fuck, nothing. Uh, eventually, Tommy and Ben come to the realization that uh, Uncle Reege, who was the the owner of the house and the big fat zombie that fell off the banister at the beginning, excuse me, was in the process of replacing all the doors in the place, which is great. But the doors he was replacing them with are like that flimsy uh, pegboard crap. So we can't really, they're not going to stop a fucking zombie, right? So, but that's the bad, that's the, the bad news. The good news is that the old doors, which was like these heavy uh, oak wood things, were all down in the basement. So we got to get Cooper to let us into the fucking basement to get those doors. So they go and they knock on the door and Cooper's like, you guys are stupid. Now, <laughs> 
say what you will about Harry Cooper, Tom Towles in this movie, but his use of expletives without cussing in this movie is spot on. At one point, he yells at them, You bunch of lame brains! This is the last recorded mention or utterance of the phrase lame brains in cinematic history. Down in the basement, he's screaming up at the ceiling, You bunch of yo-yos up there! You yo-yos! Is he trying... I mean, he cusses throughout the movie. You Lame brains? Yo-yos? <laughs> I love it! I love it! And he's such a shit... He's, he's, he almost, he's got like a pinky ring on, you know, and he's like waving his pinky ring around like, hey, you know, I got my wife and daughter down there. What do you want me to do? You want me to go down there and die with them too? You know, he's, he's almost kind of Goomba-esque in a weird way, but he comes up with lame brains and yo-yos. Very strange. Kind of gave me a chuckle a little bit every time he gets fired up in this movie. Uh, regardless... Um, they're all, you know, hey, Cooper, let us in there. We got to get those doors. I ain't opening the door, you bunch of yo-yos. And then Ben eventually is like, open the door, I'll blow it to shit. Now, cut to downstairs, uh, Cooper and his wife are having an argument. She's like, you're a real asshole. They need help, and you're not helping. He's like, oh, I'm going to help them when they try to get into this basement. And she's like, then what are you going to do? You're going to leave them up there to die, you prick? And then Ben's like, open the door, Cooper, what you going to do? And then uh, Helen, Cooper's wife, is like, we're going to open the door. And then Cooper slaps her. Now, we already knew that Cooper was a piece of shit. We've seen the original. He didn't slap her in the original, I don't think. Uh, been a couple years since I've seen it. Uh, but, you know, now we know for sure. But even still, when he slaps her, in, it's in a very third grade kind of a big brother tussle kind of a way. It's very silly. All the action, I mean, the fist fights in this movie, they're all very silly. Um uh, Eventually, uh, Helen opens a door, and Ben and Tommy get down there, and they get the doors, and uh, we we get to meet uh, Cooper's wife, Helen. She's got battered spouse syndrome, but in a very weird way. Uh, the daughter is bedridden, but they don't have a bed down there, so they are using one of the doors on some sawhorses, and they got a... Uh, Cooper puts his jacket over her, like, hey, I'm a good father over here, huh? Look at this. I'm taking care of my zombie kid, eh? You forget about it. Um, they get up there and they start banging around. But now, because of all the yelling and the banging and the lights and the fuckery, now we got a fucking crowd of zombies out here. And that's going to be a problem. So, quick dialogue with Tommy. How the fuck are we going to get out of here? I don't know. You got a car? No. You got a car? I do, I have a truck, it's out there, and it's out of gas. Tommy says, no problemo, there's a gas pump in the old barn around the way. We just got to find the keys to it. Okay, where could the keys be? So, we got to find the keys to the gas pump. Now, uh, Barbara says, uh, your Uncle Reed, he owns this place, right? Uh, do you think he might have had the keys on his pocket? Because his dead body is right out there on the front lawn. We can go search it real quick. Like, uh, pretty good chance. So they run out there, they search uh, Uncle Reed's body, they find some keys. Not necessarily the keys, but some keys. They think they got the keys they need. So they go back inside. Uh, now zombies everywhere, banging on the fucking doors, windows, rattling cages. Uh, luckily, we come to an uneasy truce between um, Cooper and Ben. They decide they're going to leave the basement door open because uh, Helen wants to come up and she's willing to help. Uh, big argument again, though, between Barbara and Cooper. 
Barbara says, hey, those things are dead out there. And he's like, yo, yo, they're not dead. They're just crazy. It's some kind of chemical spill making our body crazy. And she's like, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're dead, man. Because, uh, you know, I saw one uh, and ben, ben shot one once and it didn't go down. So I'm pretty, pretty sure it's dead. Here comes a zombie crashing through the window. Everybody's screaming and freaking out. Uh, it pushes the door open. Uh, here comes a zombie crashing through another window. It pushes the window open. Now we have zombies coming in on two sides. Uh, Cooper, being the piece of shit that he is, he just stands at the door to the basement yelling for his wife to come on. He's not helping anybody. Tommy's yelling at Cooper, Cooper, give me the nails and the hammer. And he's like, Helen, get in the basement. All right, you fucking prick. You're a prick. <laughs> we we already knew that. Um <clears throat> eventually we get the place boarded up we have a little bit of a thing here with barbara though and this is how we know barbara has been born again hard in this iteration of the movie because a weird out of place harry krishna looking zombie comes crashing through one of the windows uh barbara instead of you know pulling off the headshot shoots it in the chest and makes sure she's like does everybody see that he's not dead why isn't he going down and she shoots it three or four times in the chest and the abdomen while the zombie is just standing there uh howling at people and then she's like is it dead yet is it dead yet it's not dead it's not fucking dead because it's already dead and then eventually she shoots it in the head and kills it and then ben grabs barbara and he's like girl you're losing it you need to fucking pull it together and here we get a little monologue from patricia tallman and she is gonna put these guys in their place she's like look you fuckers, anything that I had, I, anything that I lost, I lost a few minutes ago up there on, in the cemetery with my brother. So I suggest you two stop acting like idiots and start getting to work and fucking get it together, will you, you piece of shit? <laughs> I don't know. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. <clears throat> but uh, from there, we, we have what we think are the keys to the gas pump. We have Ben's truck outside. Uh, we have some thing. We we got a we got a plan in place. While they're in the planning phase, Cooper wanders upstairs and finds the TV, which is now broadcasting like a live broadcast of Oh, hey, the Living Dead are coming back, and you got to kill them. You got to shoot them in the head. Now, here is the question that Tony poses, and it's a good question. Was now Cooper unplugs the TV and starts bringing it downstairs. Uh, Ben catches him round about ground level. He gets all the way downstairs to the, the living room area. And that's when Ben accosts him. Ben grabs the TV and he's like, where are you taking the TV? You son of a bitch. And he's like, well, I'm just bringing it downstairs. And then they get into a tussle. And then eventually they drop the TV down the basement stairs where it shatters into 50,000 pieces and is no longer usable. Uh, from there, we get a further tussle between the two in which Ben pins him to the couch and makes him talk. And he's like, you can't get any reception in the basement, dickhead. Now, he's right. Uh, as I recall, it's been a long time, but as I recall, uh, using rabbit ears, it would be pretty difficult to get any reception in the basement. So there is that. There is the possibility that he had no actual intention of taking the TV into the basement. Uh, on the other hand... He was very close to the basement door when the initial tussle took place, which means there is a possibility that he was, in fact, headed to the basement. I like to think that he was not. I like to think that Harry Cooper was not a complete fuck stain. I like to think that he made some bad decisions, and he turns into a fuck stain when he's in stressful situations. Um... 
I'm not excusing his behavior, but I like to think that once you know the place was initially boarded up and we got the keys to the gas, he was able to gain himself and make a good decision, which would have been bringing the TV downstairs for everybody to watch, as he stated. And it was Ben that made the bad decision to uh, initiate the tussle there. So I, I think I think I'm going to agree with Tony, although a counter argument could be made in either direction. So. Uh, that sucks. That really sucks. The TV's toast. Uh, didn't really. There's like a, a shelter nearby that they might be able to get to if they can get gas in the tank of the truck. So here comes the ingenious plan. Uh, we've got like, uh, you know, not very much ammo left. We've got Judy Rose, who is supposed to be some kind of a crack driver. We have Tommy, who is going to operate the gas pump. We have Ben, who's going to cover Tommy while he operates the gas pump. Judy's uh, driving. So they are going to make a beeline for the truck, fire it up, get to the barn uh, where Tommy is going to uh, fill up the tank while Ben covers him. Then they're going to hop in, drive back around, pick everybody up, and make their way to the nearest shelter. That's the plan. That is the plan. It's not the best. <laughs> I mean, the plan is solid, I suppose. Um, not, I don't know if it's the plan that I would have went with. But regardless, that's what we're doing. So that's what happens. They do a good, they haul ass to the uh, uh, gas pump. Now, we discovered in a weird way that the zombies are afraid of fire. And we know that because we set Uncle Reed on fire out in the front. And it kind of made the zombies back off that particular door. So Ben takes a torch with him. He uh, takes one of the table legs and lights it on fire. And as they're coming out of the house, he's using it to, to gain some distance on the zombies. Jump in the truck, fire it up. Uh, Tommy's in shotgun, Ben's in the back. Uh, Judy Rose is driving. Now she's supposed to be a great driver. So she's hauling ass to the, the barn. She's taking the turns and, you know, she's, she's not, she's not. She's not a very good driver at all, and I can tell you that because Ben gets thrown out of the back of the car, the truck, when she takes a turn too fast. He's like, oh, shit. Uh, Tommy's like, oh, we lost Ben. Fuck, go back. And she's like, no, I'm not going back. We're going to get the gas, and then we'll pick him up on the way back. So they get to the gas tank. Uh, Tommy starts fucking around with the keys where he realizes that these are not, in fact, the keys to the gas pump. These are the keys to something completely different. And in his ingenious stupidity youthful arrogance i think lack of critical thinking he decides to shoot the lock off of the gas pump which of course sprays gas everywhere and the back of the trunk the back of the truck where the uh ben's torch is still ablaze and kablooey no more truck no more tommy no more judy rose uh, ben is still alive. He's halfway between the house and the uh, the uh, barn, which is now in scattered all throughout the uh, Pittsburgh countryside. And he's like, ah, shit. So he goes hauling ass back to the, the house. Cut to inside the house. It's just Cooper, his family, and Barbara. Okay, Cooper like grabs Barbara, and he's like, I want that gun. And she's like, fuck off, Cooper. He's like, give me that gun. So now they get into a tussle. And uh, just as Ben is rolling back up on the scene, Ben gets in the house. Cooper gets the gun away from Barbara. Uh, he's like, what the fuck are you doing, Cooper? Ben has a gun of his own. Uh, 
little bit of a showdown there as a police officer zombie is coming into the house also. So uh, they managed to kill that zombie. Cooper's got Barbara's gun. They take the guns off the police officer zombie. And now we have a shootout in the middle of the fucking living room between Barbara, uh, Ben, and Cooper. Cut to downstairs. Uh, Cooper's daughter, Sarah, is now full zombie. And we get that iconic scene that we... We know and love from the original where Sarah kills Helen and we get the, the guard with the garden trowel and we get the garden trowel splatter everywhere. It's beautiful. And in living color this time with Savini zombies, which is uh, like a bonus icing on the cake. Uh, I don't think you're going to find any better zombies than a Savini zombie uh, circa 1986 to probably 90, probably 90. Now that I think about it, he didn't do too many more zombie movies after after this one. But um, so uh, Ellen's dead. Uh, Sarah was never really alive to begin with. Cooper, uh, Barbara and Ben are shooting at each other. Uh, Cooper hits Ben. Ben hits Cooper. He's got a revolver. Uh, Barbara hits Cooper or Ben or Cooper hits Ben twice. Uh, she keeps yelling at everybody to stop shooting at each other. Now, Cooper's completely out of ammo. Uh, and the zombies are pouring into the house. Now, earlier in the movie, Barbara made a, a remark about how slow they move and how she could just walk right past them. So Ben is now wounded, like like terminally, pretty much. So he's like, oh, shit, girl, go get some help. I'm going to hold up in the basement. So he goes down to the basement and boards himself up. Once he gets down there, first thing he sees is some keys with a little uh, tag on them that say gas pump. He gets a little chuckle out of that. Barbara is now just walking, actually rather uh, casually, in between the zombies, pointing the gun at him as she goes. She didn't have to kill any of them because she just walked right past them, which we could have done at the beginning of the movie. Not that I'm angry. Uh, if you would have just listened to Barbara, we could have just moseyed off to the shelter and really not had any problems. She gets like a couple miles away from the house where she eventually gets picked up by a bunch of rednecks. And they're like, hey, what's a pretty little thing like you doing out on a night like this? And she's like, oh, I, don't, I don't know. Now, here's an interesting plot hole. Uh, ben was dying, clearly, when she left him. Cooper, uh, also wounded, but I, we don't know what his state was yet. <coughs> they don't go back to the house until the following morning. So does she just not tell them about Ben and Cooper in in the house until the following morning? Or she tells them and they just decide they're going to wait until daylight? I don't know. I don't know. But, I mean, it was a dire situation when she left. And if they had uh, gone there directly after she found him, it wasn't that far away, obviously. She walked. Probably could have saved Ben. Uh, now, if you've seen the original, you know that this this isn't going to work out for Ben. It never does. Uh, so from there we get like her, you know, going to some kind of a, like a redneck camp where they're having <laughs> drunken zombie fights. Look, <laughs> I, I'm not going to bullshit you here, folks. Uh, in the event of a Romero-esque zombie apocalypse, I am very well armed here at, at my house. I've got guns and bullets and, um, body armor and some other things that I'm probably not supposed to have. And uh, I, if the zombies are that slow, 
And they're, you know, I mean, they clearly they mean you harm as they, you know, encircle your house and things like that. I would have a very difficult time uh, not loading the kids up in a shopping cart and just walking around the neighborhood, probably with a six pack, blowing the fuck out of some zombies and probably having the time of my life doing it. I'm sorry to say that, but it's probably true. Uh, that's exactly what these rednecks are doing. And I know, I know there's like, oh, we have to have uh, dignity and death and things like that. And I get that. I'm not condoning the uh, weird uh, zombies hanging from a tree uh, shooting gallery or anything like that. But you got to get rid of, they're zombies, man. They're trying to eat you. They don't need, uh, you know, uh, equal. they don't need the right to vote. They're fucking zombies. All they want to do is eat you. Okay, we don't need to reason with them. They're not going to reason with us. They're not going to try to negotiate. So really, all there is left to do is to either they're going to kill us or we're going to kill them. So we might as well. I mean, clearly we have the upper hand. We have firearms and we move faster than they do. They do have the whole living dead thing going on, but we might as well have some fun with it if we can, right? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right, I probably got myself in trouble there. Regardless, uh, there's like a whole redneck convention where they're making zombies fight each other and stuff like that and drunk bikers. And uh, she's like, hey, I'm having a good time. Finally, they get back to the house. She's there. It's the same redneck posse from the night before. They're going through the house. Uh, they chainsaw open the the basement and out pops Ben. And now he is a zombie. And that sucks. And they shoot him in the head. And that is how Ben must meet his end in Night of the Living Dead. It wouldn't have the same impact, I don't think, if Ben didn't die at the end. Because let's face it, we're all on Ben's team, Right. In the original, he actually survives all the way to the end until uh, the rednecks uh, see him through the window and assume he's a zombie and shoot him in the head. Um, I mean, might be a little less impactful this time around because he was, in fact, a zombie. But uh, as uh, Barbara is watching this, a hand creeps up on her shoulder and she turns around and it's Cooper and he's still alive. And he's like, you came back for me. Oh, you came back. Oh, and then she's like, fuck you, and blo- shoots him in the head, kills him. And that's pretty much the end of your movie. Then you get, like, the credit roll. It's very similar to the the original, you know, with the black and white and Ben being loaded onto the fire with meat hooks and things like that. And uh, it's uh, it, that, that that's the end of your movie, man. It's a great show. I love it dearly. Uh, I would call that this is this is a one of the remakes that I point to when everybody wants to shit on re- on the on the idea of remakes. You know what I mean? People get all fired up. Why can't you make something new? Why you gotta remake another movie? Bleh! Well, how about this? How about it's don't think of it as a remake, think of it as an update. Alright? Times have changed quite a bit since nineteen sixty eight. Times have also changed quite a bit since nineteen seventy three. I think the update slash remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was pretty fucking good. Same with this one. Same with uh, The Hills Have Eyes. Same with uh, Maniac. The Thing, for Christ's sakes. Probably one of the best movies uh, of all time, if not the best horror movie. And it's a fucking remake, you assholes. All right. I'm getting angry again. I apologize. Um, That was Night of the Living Dead, 1990. Definitely check this out if you haven't seen it. Streaming on Amazon. You got to pay three bucks to watch it, though. Uh, 
I'm sure you could find it out there in the pirate waters. I probably could have too if I didn't wait to the last fucking minute. Check it out if you haven't already seen it. Great movie. I got to take a break and get some water. I'll be right back.
like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Anna Beck. <clears throat> Riddle me this. Suppose the zombie apocalypse happened tomorrow. How long do you think it would take before a zombie's rights movement? <laughs> movement sprung up <laughs> oh no could you, could you imagine uh zombies attacking like a uh demonstration in downtown seattle oh god that would be that would be a sight to behold my friends not that i'm wishing for such a thing but Oh, it's bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm offending your delicate sensibilities. This is what happens when I'm left unattended into my own devices. I need adult supervision, uh, probably more than I don't. Regardless, let's uh, do a little what are you looking at, inmates, shall we? Do you want to know? I'm still trying to do the uh, 30 days of Halloween, 31 days of Halloween. I've fallen grievously behind. I'm uh, two days behind right now, I think. But I got one in just before the show, and I'm going to tell you all about it right now. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? I watched Feast 2, Sloppy Seconds from 2008. God damn, is there some hot chicks in that one? The, but there's like a biker gang. It's Harley Mom's uh, biker gang sister shows up, and she's got a whole posse of hot biker babes, and they get they get naked uh, there at the end. I've yet to see the third one. I got to track that one down. Uh, right now, it's only on Apple TV or something like that. I probably should just order the DVD. Pretty good show. If you like the first one, you like that. Uh, Honey Pie comes back. Bartender. Find out actually did not have a heart attack. He's alive, um, and yeah, pretty. It's if you like the first one, you like this one. It goes full on bananas. Uh, midget wrestlers involved. Uh, what else? Uh, lots of monster sex going down. 
other things happening. Biker babes. Uh, London Horror Story from 2016. I mentioned earlier in the show that I kind of got burned by an anthology earlier in the week. This was the one that burned me. It's a London-based horror anthology. Uh, I believe I caught it on Tubi. It's not good. It's not a good show. Uh, very low budget. Um, first, well, Actually, I take the first segment was not bad. The first is like a loveless marriage. Uh, I'm not going to ruin it. This is the only part that's worth watching, really. Loveless marriage. Uh, guy and a chick, and the chick is on her way home from work, and she calls a guy, and she's like, hey, I'm running late. Uh, when I get there, uh, don't open the door. And he's like, what? And he's like, yeah, don't let me in when I get there. And he's like, why would I not let you in? And she's like, uh, just don't let me in. Don't don't open the door when I get there. So they go back and forth. Why wouldn't I let you in? That's crazy. She's like, just don't do it. I'm telling you not to open the door. And he's like, well, I'm going to open the door. Uh, eventually, he opens the door, and nothing good happens from there. But I'll leave it at that. That's about as good as it's going to get for a London Horror Story. Also watch The Cut from 2007. Now, on IMDb, this one is uh, posted as The Cut. I found it on uh, Hulu, I believe, as Cadaver. It's a Korean film. Not bad. Uh, Medical students, uh, they have to dissect cadavers. They come across one that is most curious, and then they all start having the same dreams. Very similar to that After Dark one. Uh, What the fuck was it called? Not unearthed. Though there's one very similar to that. Um, it's sitting on the shelf next to me. I just can't read what it says right now. It's uh ah, oh, it's gonna that I fucking I know what it's called. I just can't recall it off the top of my head. Uh, it's fine. It's uh you know naturally the uh, professor knows more than he's letting on, and there's a troubled past between you know uh, different students and things going. On. Very very good time. Uh, Penance Lane from 2020. This one is a pretty fucking good show, man. It stars Tyler Maine, who we will recognize as Sabretooth, and Michael Myers in the Rob Zombie uh, movies. Big dude, big strapping dude. Also has Diamond Dallas Page in it, and Scout Taylor Compton. Um, So we have like an ex-con that gets released from prison and he goes to a small town to find work. Uh, The local preacher there puts him up at a house that he's trying to renovate and puts him to work there trying to renovate the house. And we have a gang of killers. I don't want to ruin this for you, but there's like a gang of um, slasher type of dudes that terrorize this town and things get fouled up. And the house may also be haunted. And it stars Scout Taylor Compton who is very hot, and I did a little Googling on our young lady, Scout Taylor Compton. Turns out she has some leaked uh, nudes floating around. And by nudes, I mean hardcore pornographic (laughs) nudes. She has... uh, um, There's not a lot left to... You can see her tonsils, is what I'm telling you. You guys know what the butterfly is? You can find that on Scout Taylor Compton, if you know where to look. I'm just going to put that out there. Other than that, it's a pretty good show. Um, I think this one was also on Tubi. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I don't want to ruin it for you. Daniel Roebuck, also of Rob Zombie fame, is also in this one. I don't want to ruin it for you, but uh, let's just say things in this little town aren't quite what they seem, as you know, you would imagine, obviously, with a gang of slasher-type dudes running around. 
Uh, and then lastly, just before the show, I watched Haunt from 2020. But I watched it on Shudder, and Joe Bob did a Halloween hideaway thing where he, he and Darcy did commentary on it. So I watched that version, which was uh, pretty cool. It's a good movie, regardless of Joe Bob. Uh, Joe Bob makes everything better, though, in my opinion. And that is all I'm looking at, inmates. I would love to hear what you're doing for your Halloween season. Uh, the Mental Health Hotline is area code 775-387-0275. Or you get me at the regular old email, thepaddedroom2011 at hotmail.com. Uh, well, <clears throat> while you're thinking about that and watching more horror movies, let's do a little immersion therapy, shall we? Immersion therapy. Oh, yeah. How about that cleansing hour, huh? That was a good fucking show, dude. Um, it's got that kid in it. I, I struggled through half the movie trying to place him. I, I knew I'd seen him from somewhere. I just couldn't put a name to a face or where I saw him or what it was. He was, he's been in a lot of horror movies. He was Qu- uh, Colin Gray from Jennifer's Body. He was uh, Quentin Smith from the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. He was also in A Haunting in Connecticut. Uh, some other horror movies, I'm sure, that uh, escape me at the moment. Uh, that's a good show. That those, those fucking demon effects in this one were badass. Until the very end. When he turned into what he turned into, I was like, that's, uh, get out of here with that. He looked like a Mortal Kombat character when he actually came out of the the burning dude. But the fuckery that took place in the meantime with all the, uh, you know, burning people and things flying off and impaling people and stuff like that. That was pretty badass, man. I love it. Probably a pretty small budget on this one, too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I say check it out if you haven't already. The Cleansing Hour. It's on Shutter. Your immersion therapy for this week is going to be In the Shadow of the Moon from 2019. This one is streaming on Netflix. Stars Boyd Holbrook, Michael C. Hall, and Cleopatra Coleman. Looks like some kind of a vampire situation. Can't say for sure. It's almost two hours long, though. So, sorry about that. Trailer looks pretty dope. Check that out, inmates. We'll do the same in Compare Notes next week. First, we must educate Miss Monica. Or me. Educating Miss Monica. In this case, unfortunately, it's me. Uh, my clues from last week. We shouldn't have played that game. We uh, decided to have a party around midnight on Halloween. And uh, we got a little tipsy and a little horny, and then we got bored, so we decided to play a game. And then that mysterious dude showed up, and weird time loops started happening, and people got fucked with, and a really hot goth chick got killed. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's bad business. Nobody knew who I was. It's a pretty obscure movie. It's called The Midnight Game. And funny I bring that up, because that's actually a... Uh, 
creepy pasta and there's an actual midnight game that you can play you have to like uh turn out all the lights on your house and knock on the door 22 times at exactly midnight and then you go in and uh you got you got you take a candle with you or something and some salt i don't know i can't remember them all off the top of my head movie is a little silly um but you know they i don't know man i feel i feel like there's a lot of potential there but they relied heavily on the time looping you know and oh where where did did we really make it out i don't know are we still back at the house i don't know either uh, it kind of gets a little silly there in the middle. Uh, your, oh, you got to educate me uh, again this week, I guess, since Monica's not here. Shit. <laughs> okay. Let's see here. Here I go. I am a hot, albeit somewhat unstable, 22-year-old uh, aspiring actress who recently moved to Hollywood to make it make it big in the film career, in a, you know, as a film star. Uh, unfortunately, all I could find was a bunch of losers hanging around an old hotel, and uh, they think they're going to make it big with some independent production, but I got auditions, and I got aspirations, and all I have to do is suck this old guy's dick, and he said he'll make me a real star, but then I just kind of started rotting from the inside out, and now I got to kill a bunch of people. I feel like that should be an easy one. It's a pretty good show. I think you'll like, well, I'm not going to give the title away, but you pro- maybe might have seen it. Um, yeah, pretty pretty, pretty brutal. The, ki- the fucking kill scenes in this one are gnarly. Anyway, uh, think about that, inmates. Let me know what you come up with. Uh, in the meantime, I think it's about going to do it for the show for the week. Uh, thank you guys very much for joining me here in my uh, solo debut. It's not my debut, but it's been a while. Um, like, comment, subscribe, wherever you found this show. That helps us out quite a bit. Hopefully, I'll have somebody back next week. I can't promise you two co-hosts. I can't promise you one co-host, really. I can promise you I'll be here, and I'll be putting the show out, even if it's by my goddamn self. Uh, ain't nobody stopping me, because all I got to do is go into my guest room to fire up this equipment, and I'm ready to rock. Um... Hopefully somebody will be back. If not, that's okay. I'll be here anyway. Uh, Starting November is Miss Monica Month. So join me next week for Alone from 2020. Something about a, I think it's a rape revenge situation. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. But uh, hopefully she'll make it back for her month. Uh, Cowboy's got December. He's going to get a list to us pretty soon. I think uh, Tom Hardy's going to be up for January. Uh, He keeps threatening to up his contribution and take January. We'll see how that goes. In the meantime, for Buddy in absentia, Miss Monica in absentia, horny starlets, um, all female slashers, more TV series being adapted from movies, um, zombies, uh, big fat redneck zombies, uh, drunk redneck zombie killers, remakes that we know and love and some that we hate, and the Padded Room podcast. I'm afraid visiting hours are over.